Connecting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. As always, I'm your host, Roy Biancalana, and we are going to embark on a journey today. (laughs) And it's going to be a journey that is probably going to blow your mind, but if you're open, the topics we're going to get into can be radically life-changing for you. And the topic you know that we're jumping into today on this podcast is the, the topic of communication. We know communication is the lifeblood of a relationship. I don't care if it's with your kids or a sibling or a coworker or an intimate partner. We connect verbally, right? And very often, the nature of our verbal communication determines whether we connect with others and create chemistry and harmony and lasting connection or the way in which we communicate or don't communicate, you know, leads to division, discord, divorce, right? Um, so communication, we all know it's, it's the central issue when it comes right down to it, how you, human beings relate with each other, whether they relate intimately or, you know, in drama you know, kind of thing. Now, what I'm going to do is because this topic is so huge – I'm going to do a three-part series on communication. Okay, today this t- the title of this podcast is "Let's Get Naked." Okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what that means later on, but this one is titled "Let's Get Naked." Uh, the next episode uh, is titled "Identifying Your Your Real Love Language." Right? If you know anything about me, I'm not a big fan of the Five Love Languages uh, by Gary Chapman. I believe that they come from a mindset and they create codependence. Okay, I won't go into that. I believe it was episode 17. If you are interested in my perspective on that, check it out there. But I'm using the phrase, you know, identifying your real love language because it's like a play on words, but I'm going to get at the, the there's only two motivations that guide your communication. There's, there's two underlying motives that govern what comes out of your mouth. You're either speaking from this motivation or you're speaking from that motivation. And everything you say is coming from that perspective or from that motivation. So the next podcast will be all about that. And then the third one in the series, um, I'm calling it Learning to Speak Unarguably. I'm basically going to teach you how to talk in that episode, right? You thought you knew how to speak English. You thought you know how to communicate with another human being. Eh, no, you don't. <laughs> well, you do, but there is a kind of communication. It's called speaking unarguably. That is the key to creating harmony and understanding and connection uh, and when we don't speak that way, when we speak in much more conventional ways, um, the non-conscious ways, we usually create drama and codependence and difficulty and all kinds of problems. 
So in the last episode of this three-part series, I'm going to teach you how to talk, all right? <laughs> so today, um, let's get naked, okay? And, and I want to begin by asking you a really, really stupid question. And it's stupid because the answer is obvious. But sometimes stupid questions, I find, lead to real breakthroughs. So let me ask you a stupid question. <laughs> Would you rather be in a relationship where people play games or would you rather be in one where people are open, honest, and authentic? Right? Which relationship would you want to be in? <laughs> right now, I've asked that question to groups of people when I'm speaking. I'm asking it here on this podcast. I, I've asked it in books I've written. I've asked it of all of my clients. And it probably wouldn't surprise you to know that I have never once, I mean, not even once, and I've been, I've been working with people for 25, 30 years. Never once had a person say they wanted to be in a relationship where people played games. Nobody wants secrets and withholds and half-truths and outright lies, right? Nobody wants to be that kind of person. And nobody wants to date a person who is insincere, manipulative, pretending, or fake, Right? Nobody wants that. Until you learn what it means to be truly authentic. <laughs> what we're going to talk about here in this podcast and for the next three weeks is what does it mean to truly be an authentic person? Right? Because we all, we all say we want that. We want to be an authentic person. We want to be real. We want to be transparent. And, and we want to be in a relationship and we want our partner to be real with us, to be transparent, to be open, to not hide things, to not hide their feelings, to not hide their desires, to not hide their motivations. And we, we want openness and transparency. And, you know, we, we just want to be in an atmosphere of honesty. Correct? Hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not when you find out what it actually means to be an authentic person, okay? So I'm just teasing you with that as a little bit of a hook, okay? So what we're going to be talking about here is, you know, truth. What do you do with your truth? You know what I mean? Like Authenticity is, if something's authentic, if a painting is authentic, it's the real thing, right? So we're talking about, your truth. And what, what do you do with, if, if you're going to be real, it's going to be being real about what's real for you, right? Now, when I say truth, let me just make sure you understand. I am not talking about truth like with a capital T. I, I'm not talking about like the truth. Like I'm not talking about what you believe about God or what your views of science are or evolution or creationism or or history, or politics, or... I'm not even talking about your your truth about spirituality. You know, what you believe about, you know, crystals, or uh, energy healing, or acupuncture, or uh, all that stuff's fine. I mean, we all have our beliefs about that stuff, right? We all have our head stuff. We have our opinions. We have had certain experiences, and we've, you know, referenced certain things. We've been involved in certain things and we develop our opinions, our beliefs. We, we have our truth about 
those kind of things. I kind of call that head truth. What we're talking about here, what because what it means to be authentic is what do you do with your heart truth? Like the truth on the inside of you. You know, not what you believe, but what's really going on in your soul, what's really going on in your heart. So so we're going to be exploring your inner truth is what I call it. Or maybe you could call it your heart truth as opposed to head truth. And again, I'm not dismissing head truth. I got plenty of head truth. So do you. Head truth is fine. But when we're talking about relationship and intimacy and creating connection and uh, relating harmoniously um, and and feeling known and knowing another person, right? That's, there's only so much intimacy that can come with, oh, this is what I believe about science or this is what I believe about politics, okay? That's fine. But we're talking about your your inner truth, like what's going on inside of you. So we're talking about your inner reality. So what do I mean by that? I'm talking about, well, what is your inner reality? Well, your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, your body sensations, what you want, what you don't want, what you wonder about, what you worry about, what you're stressed about, what you're concerned about what you're scared of, what you're angry about, what turns you on, what turns you off, what sort of makes your heart feel open and what makes you feel closed and shut down, okay? So I'm talking about the real stuff, like that the... The stuff, in in a sense, in a relationship, the stuff that really matters, right? So, we talk about thoughts, feelings, sensations, wants, wonderings, worries. I want to know what you do with that in relationship. Because you have all that inner reality, right? If If you stop right now and you tune in to yourself... You can, what I call from with my clients, you can do a check-in. You can sort of become present with your inner experience, right? And you can, you can identify what are your body sensations, right? Do you feel tightness in your stomach, hunger pains? Do you feel your breathing shallow or deeply? Do you feel the weight of your butt in a chair? Do you feel your feet on the ground, right? There's all kinds of body sensations, and there's emotions. Right now you have a current emotional state, don't you? Right? You might feel calm, relaxed. You might feel sad. You might feel scared, anxious, lonely, bored, um, interested, curious, angry. Right? I mean, we, in, in, in any moment, you, you do have an emotional experience. Okay? And there's, there's always thoughts going on in your head, right? That voice in your head, Right? It's always yapping about something, <laughs> okay? So that's always going on inside of you. And, and you always want something or don't want something, whether it's a, I want to drink a water to I want to be loved by someone, right? So there's always wants. And there's things we're wondering about, that we're curious about, that we're stressed about, things we're trying to figure out, right? And then we have things we're worried about, right? right? So we have 
all of this inner truth going on. I mean, when you look at another person, you might think, oh, they're just walking down the street and nothing's happening over there. That is so ridiculous. If you pay attention to yourself, you'll know that there's always something going on in Royville, <laughs> right? If you knew the insides of me, you would know that I'm always thinking about something. I have an emotion going on in a moment. Um, I have body sensations. I have wants and worries and wonderings. Just that everybody has inner truth going on all the time. I want to know what you do with that. If you're an authentic person, you reveal it. But most of us conceal it. Those are the only two options, right? You have all this stuff going on. You get me there? You have all this stuff going on inside of you. You might call it shit. I might call it wonderful. I mean, it's just stuff going on inside of you. I think it's always wonderful. It's just your experience, right? It's not good or bad, right or wrong. It's just, what if, what if I have hunger pains? Is that wrong? Is that bad? What if I feel frustrated about something? Is that wrong or bad? No, it's just, it's just my experience, right? What if I'm worried about, you know, my son just flew to Vegas with his buddies for a bachelor party? <laughs> Got a little concern, <laughs> right? Is that bad? Is that wrong? No, it, it's just my experience, okay? So you have all this stuff going on, but the issue is, what do you do with it? Now, most of us conceal it, or at least we only share the parts that we think people might like. We only share the parts that we think people would receive positively. We only maybe reveal things that we feel we won't get judged about or we won't get rejected about. Okay? But there are only two options with all of your inner truth, right? Because we're saying, we, oh, I want to be an authentic person. I want to be open and honest and transparent. I want to be in a relationship like that. I want my partner to be that way. All right, well, then that would mean that you make your inner world known to the person that you're wanting to be close to, right? It doesn't mean you you walk around and reveal everything to the person at the grocery store that's you know, checking out your, your groceries, <laughs> I'm talking about if you want to be close to someone, if you're, if you're wanting to maybe build a relationship with someone, you're on a date with someone, even if it's a first date, if it's a, you know, if you want to create connection, if you want to be close, if you, if you want intimacy, then that's about you revealing who you are, you know, what's happening for you. So that's what I mean, like about your inner truth. I want to know what you do with it. There's only two options. You can reveal it or you can conceal it. Now, in a sense, when we conceal, aren't we playing some sort of game? Right? It, it's like you might have things going on inside of you that you're you're thinking, that, boy, if I let the other person know what's happening in Royville, right? If I'm sitting across from a woman on a date, first date, we met online, this is our first little coffee date. If I let her know what's going on inside of me as I'm sitting across from her, she might just run out the door <laughs> or she might think I'm crazy or she might judge me in some way, or she might reject me or ridicule me or, 
uh, or, or just maybe just misunderstand me um, or draw some big conclusion or something. Right? So can you relate to the fear that comes up around the idea of choosing to reveal yourself to another person? In other words, if you're saying you want to be an authentic person and you want an authentic relationship, um, can you feel the terror involved in that? Okay, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't quite feel how scary that is. Um, this topic we're talking about is very easy to understand, right? We're just saying, be honest about your experience. Just reveal what you're thinking or feeling or wanting or worried about or imagining or, you know, what your emotions are. You're just going to, you're just going to let a person know over here, this is what's going on, right? I mean, you're going to report to them about what's happening inside of you. That's what it means to be authentic and to be real, right? So there's nothing complicated about that to understand. There's no real intellectual, you know, gymnastics you got to do. <laughs> Just be honest about your experience. But this one is by far, this is the most terrifying thing to practice. Of, of everything I'm going to ever communicate to you on a podcast about how to create a um, conscious relationship, this one is the, is the simplest to understand but the absolutely most terrifying thing to practice. You don't believe me? Well, let me give you some examples. Just imagine you're on a date with someone. And again, maybe it's a first date, second date, okay? What if they knew that inside you feel needy and lonely? What if they knew that about you? Like, how would you feel about telling that person you're sitting across from, you know, the, the reality for me is I'm, I'm really needy. I'm really lonely. I really want a relationship. What if they knew that you've got a streak of jealousy and insecurity in you that's caused problems in the past? What if you made that known to them? You see what I'm talking about, about being a little scary to be authentic? Remember, we all said, oh, we want an authentic relationship. Uh, Roy, does that mean I, I'm going to tell them that I'm, I'm lonely and needy and I have a, a little streak of jealousy and insecurity in me? Well, is it true of you or not? Did you say you wanted to be an open, honest person or not? What if they knew that you're self-conscious about your body and you're worried that you won't be able to satisfy them sexually? What if they knew you didn't believe in God? What if they knew that your divorce is not yet final and it's really filled with contentious drama and discord? What if they knew that you wanted to know how much money they made and that it would make a difference to you? What if they knew that you had an affair when you were married? And, and imagine this, you're sitting across someone on a first date. What if they knew that even though it's just your first date, you are already thinking in your head as you're sitting there, my God, I think this one might be the one and our children would be so beautiful. What if they knew that 
that that was already how you're feeling sitting in front of them and you just met them. Do you, do you see the fear come up? <laughs> do you see that, oh my God, if, if, they, if they knew that, they might run out the door. If they, if they knew I felt that way or I've got this problem or I've got this concern or I have this, you know, opinion about them. In, in other words, if they really knew what was going on inside of you, don't, don't you think you might get rejected or at least judged? See, I'm not talking about, you know, revealing, you know, your favorite music or who your favorite football team is, you know, or your favorite foods or favorite restaurants and stuff like that. I'm saying, what if they knew your inner truth? The things that we may not even want to admit to ourselves. What if they knew stuff like that? So again, all of us want open, honest, authentic relationship in theory. But in reality, because we are so afraid of being judged and rejected, we play games. It's just too risky to reveal our inner truth and make ourselves known. So instead, we conceal. We choose only to show the parts of us that we feel others will find attractive and desirable. And here's the cold, hard truth about that, right? We fear that if we were known, we'd be alone. We fear that if we were truly known, if we were truly authentic, if we revealed our thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our body sensations, our wants, our worries, our insecurities, our jealousies, our neediness. If we really reveal the things that we very often don't even want to admit to ourselves, if we were known, we feel we would end up being alone. And right there, that's where the work has to be done. Because as you're going to see, if you let the fear of being judged and rejected, if you make yourself known, if you let that win, then you will play games in relationships. You will withhold the things that you think they might not find attractive. And you will pretend to be someone that you're not, or at least you're hiding one aspect of who you are because you feel like if they knew that part that they they wouldn't want you. So now you're playing games. Now you're, you're just giving them an image. You're giving them the things that you think they'll fall in love with and the things that they'll want. And you're keeping secret or you're hiding, you're withholding the parts that you feel like, there is no way that I'm going to tell a guy on a first date that I'm really needy and lonely and I'm really excited to meet him and that you're hoping that this really goes somewhere because you haven't been in, in a really good relationship in years. Oh my God, I'm not telling him that. Fine. You don't have to. I'm not arguing like you have to do this, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying, 
simply own that you do not want to be in an authentic relationship. I mean, if you want to be authentic, then you'll be authentic. But you don't have to be authentic. I I want most of us to be able to own what our real commitments are. And if it's true that we're really committed to controlling people's opinions of us and trying to control the outcome of our interactions with people and that we're really good at concealing and and hiding certain things to make sure the relationship or or we or or we're trying to make the relationship go in the direction we want it to it, it just we have to own that we have to just step up and say I'm really not committed to being an authentic, open person. I'm a controlling person. I'm a manipulative person, right? That's, that's what we're doing when we don't tell the real truth of who we are. We don't reveal ourselves. Because we, we're always revealing something to someone, right? I mean, when you're on a date, you're, you're sharing something, but you're also not sharing other things. So in that sense, you are manipulating. You, you are editing. You are redacting your own experience. That might be a great way to think of it. You have all this stuff going on inside of you and you're either editing it for the proper audience, right? Where this content has been edited for, uh, you know, young and mature audiences only or something, right? You're either editing or you're redacting. You know, the government documents where they black out certain lines and phrases. Okay, you can't read that. You can't know that. You can't see that. Here's the parts that you can see. So we can be on a date and we can be showing up as a redacted person. (laughs) Right? No judgment. Shit, I've done this my entire life. I'm a genius at playing games. At least I have in most of my life. I'm committed to candor now. I'm committed to authenticity now. And I, and I still sometimes slip into playing games and I'm scared if my wife knew I thought this or that I was, you know, feeling something here or worried about something. I think she'd judge me or think I was nuts or make fun of me or maybe just, you know, tell me to sleep on the couch. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? So I fall into this all the time. And... And that's where we have to start. We just have to start that we are master concealers. That we aren't, we, we may say we want authentic relationship, but not if it means revealing that stuff. Now we can argue about what's appropriate on a first date. Okay. Yes, it's not appropriate to tell someone how much money you make on a first date or how much debt you have. There are certain things, certain revealings that that the, the, the stage of the relationship, it's not appropriate, right? But not when it comes to what you're thinking and feeling about the person sitting across from you. Not from what's going on inside of you in regards to your experience of them and your date or your interaction. That is really their business. <laughs> there are some things that are not their business on a first date. But your thoughts and your emotions and your body sensations and your wants and your worries and your wonderings and and everything about them and about you and and what you know all, all the stuff about you, yeah. If you want an authentic, open, transparent relationship, that stuff has to be on the table. 
But most of us are sort of redacted people. We're blacking out certain things. I'm not telling them that. I'm not telling them that. So I want to talk to you about being a revealer or being a concealer. Because what's the, what's the opposite of, um, of being a redacted person? <laughs> well, it would be sort of a, a naked person, wouldn't it? In fact, let's, let's define intimacy, right? We all want intimacy, right? I, this, the, sub, the subtitle of this podcast is Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Intimacy, right? I mean, that's the subtitle of my newest book, Relationship Bootcamp, right? The pursuit of intimacy, the pursuit of closeness, the pursuit of, of whether it's married or living together. It's the pursuit of a, a committed, you know, relationship, Okay. So what does that really mean? I think the best definition of intimacy is knowing and being known. I don't know who came up with that phrase. Um, It's knowing and being known. It's when two people, whether they're friends or relatives or lovers, it's when they truly see each other. It's when nothing is concealed or hidden. Intimacy is being exposed. It's being revealed. It's being seen. It is, in fact, being naked. You remember humanity's first mythical couple, Adam and Eve? <laughs> remember them, right? Um, you know, remember they were in paradise, right? They were, they were in the Garden of Eden. And in the book of Genesis, this is how it describes them. It says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Right? Now that, that's closeness. It's like the two become one, right? Not in some codependent weird way. But in the sense that you, you're so known, right? You're, you're so close. It's like we are one being, right? <laughs> two bodies, two souls, two minds, but we're joined, right? And then it says, and the man and his wife were both naked and unashamed. Now, that doesn't mean they didn't have clothes, for crying out loud. It's a spiritual text, <laughs> Okay, it doesn't mean that they had not gone to the Calvin Kleins at the Paradise Mall. Okay, it means that they were bare before one another. They were naked. They were exposed. There was nothing hidden. There were no secrets. There was no withholds. Adam standing in front of Eve and says, Eve, I see you. I see every inch of you. And there's no shame. There's no judgment. I love what I see. And she looks at him and says, Adam, I see you. I see warts and all. I see the stuff we might call good. I see the stuff maybe we might call bad. I see all of you. There's nothing hidden here. Adam, I see you. And there's no shame. There's no judgment. I love you unconditionally. Isn't that what you want? To be loved for who you are? Well, how can you be loved for who you are unless you tell someone who you are? Right? The, you're, the other person is not a mind reader. They don't know what's going on in your inner experience. They don't know what your wants and worries and wonderings are. They don't know what your fears and what you're imagining. And they don't know your insecurities and your loneliness and your jealousies. And, and they, they, don't, they don't know your stuff. They don't, they don't know you. But do you want to be in an unconditionally loving relationship? Well, the only way you get that is by being naked. Living naked, dating naked, (laughs) naked, 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 naked. 
expose yourself, <laughs> right? Meaning make yourself known, right? Now, here's what I want to say. Um, that may be a little much for you to, to swallow right now, right? I mean, I could say, are, you, know, I, you know, I could say, are you ready to make that commitment to, to move in the direction of being a redacted person where you just black out the stuff that you think nobody should be able to see or know for fear of ridicule, rejection, you know, being judged? Are you ready to kind of move away from that way of being in the world to being in the world in a naked way, to just living out loud, to making your inner truth, your inner reality public to people that you want to be close to? Right? I mean, are you ready to make that commitment? I was like, well, you know, maybe not yet, okay? Maybe your mind is spinning and maybe you've got a lot of arguments going on in your head about, you know, um, what does this mean? And what about this? And yeah, but, and right. And by the way, there, there are lots of caveats here. There are, yeah, buts. There, there are things to explore. And so, um, I'm open to conversation with you. Uh, I, this is one of my favorite topics to coach people on is to help them have what they want. I mean, we all want to be in a transparent, open relationship, but we're terrified of doing it. And sometimes we have legitimate concerns about that. We have legitimate questions about revealing this or revealing that or when to reveal it. So I grant you some of that. I'm talking about in principle, are you a concealer or a revealer? And don't lie to yourself about this. Are you a are you showing the world a redacted version of yourself, or are you running around naked? And I mean that in the bullet points that I sort of jotted off my head there um, about revealing that you don't believe in God, or revealing that you're already thinking your children will be beautiful, or revealing that you're lonely, or that you have a an insecurity streak or that you have cheated on someone in the past. And I don't want this person sitting in front of me to know that I've been a cheater. What if they think once a cheater, always a cheater? Because a lot of people do believe that. It's nonsense, but a lot of people do believe it, right? So I, I just, that's what I'm challenging you here is to be honest with yourself. Are you a redacted version or are you a naked version? Okay? And don't fool yourself. Right? I mean, hmm. We got to start with just looking ourselves in the mirror and say, I oh, mean, I play games all the time. If from what you're describing, Roy, oh, I'm a game player. That's great to just own that. Now I'm going to I'm 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 wanting to invite you to consider moving in the direction of living nakedly. And this is a big risk. If you listen to my interview with, with Jim Dethmer, it was in the podcast previous to this one, you remember he said that there is no candor without risk, right? I mean, that makes perfect sense given what we're talking about right now. So there's a big risk to drop your redacted version of yourself and to be in the world naked with people that you want to be close to because there's a lot of stuff you might tell them that they might not like to hear, that they could get triggered by, 
that they could reject you for, that they could judge you for, right? We, there's, there's risk. That's why it feels so scary to actually be an authentic, real, transparent person. So what I want to do is I want to, um, I want to give you like, I want to give you five reasons why it's worth the risk. Okay. Because we all know that there are the, you know, there's a risk in doing the kind of things we're talking about here. But I maintain that the costs of concealing far outweigh the risks of revealing. In other words, the costs of being a redacted person where you're trying to control your image and you're revealing only the things you think will be well-received and you're not saying things because they might think you're high-maintenance or they might think you're neurotic or they might think you're just an emotional mess or, right? You're only showing the parts that you feel will, you know, help you get where you want to go. Um, There are costs of living that way. I've experienced them. As I describe them, you're going to know that you experience them too. So part of what will maybe give you the juice to look at, look at your commitment to being a, a, a concealer, to being a redacted kind of person, part of what can give you the juice to actually step into the unknown, to take this risk, to, to work on becoming more of a naked dater, a naked relationship person whether it's with your children, your siblings, your parents, your boss, your, your, your co-workers, your friends, and intimate partners. You need, you need some reasons why being a concealer is killing you that can give you, you know, the, the motivation to take the risk. So let me walk you through them right now. If you, if you want to be a concealer, and 99.9 of us are, then you're guaranteed to have the honeymoon end. Okay, you know that phrase, right? In intimate relationships, oh, the honeymoon's over, okay? Well, what does that mean? Now think about that. Doesn't it mean when the person kind of finds out, like, oh, the real you? Isn't it true in the romance phase that we all participate in this redacted version with one another? Right? You, you meet someone and they're really attractive and they're really nice and you, you, know, you, you think, man, it's going to be great. So you don't reveal all your, quote, bad stuff. You're showing all the good stuff. In fact, whenever you see a person in a new relationship, you're always dressed up. You look nice. You've taken a shower, right? Right now, I'm in my home with my wife. You know, I'm running around in a pair of boxer shorts and a T-shirt, right? I haven't shaved in three days. I never did that when I first met her. You know, our, our second date, you think I showed up in boxer shorts or a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and hadn't shaved, brushed my teeth? <laughs> Hell no. I was putting on the best version of me. And we do that physically, and that's fine, of course. And, but we do it emotionally. We're putting on the best version, meaning we're, we're hiding, right? We've beat this dog to death, Okay. But at some point, she's going to find out the stuff that I was not revealing. Because you start 
seeing each other every day or maybe you, you start living together, right? And that's when the honeymoon ends. So we don't want the honeymoon to end, right? Remember you go on a honeymoon with someone, man, you're wildly in love, you're having fun, you're making love, you're having sex. I mean, right? It's like, man, I wish my relationship could be like this forever. Well, if you have fully revealed yourself before the honeymoon and that person knows you, they know your inner reality and you know theirs and then you still want to marry them and you go on a honeymoon with them, why would the honeymoon end? Because I already know you, right? We have real intimacy. We are known and being known. We are naked and unashamed. Therefore, why should our relationship hit a wall? Why should there be a day where one person looks at the other and says, you aren't the person I fell in love with, <laughs> right? Like, who the hell are you? And what'd you do with the person that I fell in love with, right? Well, if there's not been any hiding, if you've been a revealer from the very beginning, here I am, I'm naked, baby, look at me, <laughs> right? If you love it, we're in business. If you don't love it, well, that's fine. I'm going to find someone who does love me, but I'm not going to play any games. Because if you do that, you're guaranteed the honeymoon's going to end, meaning the relationship is going to start to fizzle and fall apart and 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 have drama and and have distrust and it's going to lose closeness because you've basically lied to them you've withhold at least you've withheld things from them does that make sense the first one there's a big cost in playing games and being a concealing person and not taking the risk of revealing that's just one okay number 2 is you are guaranteed to never feel truly secure in a relationship. I think I mentioned this in my conversation with Jim Dethmer also. That if I have shown you a redacted version of me, if I have shown you the parts that I think you will like and sort of not exposed or I've withhold the parts that you don't, okay, then I can't help but have the thought, if they really knew me, they might not love me. I, I can't help but feel like, oh, at any moment the other shoe can drop when they find out my opinions on this or that I've done that or that I struggle with this issue or that I've made this decision or something, right? When, when you are not making yourself known when you're not revealing you never get to feel secure because you're always going to think that if they found out all the parts I'm not telling them well they wouldn't like me but isn't that but who wants to be in a relationship where you never feel secure okay the third thing is and this is this is powerful if 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 you if you stay in the conventional way of relating, and by the way, the conventional way to relate, and you talk to most therapists and most counselors, you read most relationship self-help books, they're not telling you what I'm telling you. They're, they're telling you how to play the game better. I'm challenging the game altogether. Most of the conventional wisdom on relationships 
is that you should conceal and you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them, when to walk away and when to run, right? You, 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 the whole thing's a gamble, right? It's like the song, the gambler. So most of the conventional wisdom is totally opposite of what I'm saying. And you have witnessed nothing probably in your life other than relationships where people are concealing from each other to one level or another, your parents, your friends, you know, what you see on television. I mean, watch a soap opera for God's sakes. I mean, watch, watch any, anything on TV, any movie and people don't tell each other their truth. They, they don't, right? And it's, it's kind of fun to watch on TV or in a movie. It's very entertaining, but it, it, it destroys relationships. So there is this conventional perspective that you've been raised in. It's like you, it's like your culture. It's like a fish in water. It's the water that surrounds you is to play games that conceal. Oh, you can't say that. You can't let them know that, you know, you're sitting across from them on a first date and you're already hoping you'll have a second date. I could never, I could never look at the person on a first date and we're having some coffee. We just met online and we've been talking for five minutes. I could never say to them, you know what I'm thinking over here? I'm already hoping that we're going to go on a second date because I am totally into you. Like, oh my God, you can't say that. You, you can't put that out there because now you lose the control. Now they have all the power. Now they can, they can take advantage of you. Now they can use that against you and they can manipulate you. That's the shit you're going to hear if you go to the conventional sources of relationship wisdom. But what I'm talking about here is radical. It's radical honesty. Now, it's not just me with this idea. Like, my Lord, it's not like I've come up with some cockamamie idea. No, every decent spiritual teacher says what I say. Yeah, I mean, every single one. Okay? Um, let me give you an example here. Um, one of my favorite authors um, is a guy named Jeff Foster. Okay? Um and he's written a book called The Deepest Acceptance, and he has a whole section in his book on relationships. Um, and I, I even use this quote in my book. Um, here it is, because I'm scrolling through my book as I'm talking to you here. Um, he said, the question to ask yourself is this, what is my truth in this moment? In other words, what do I really think and feel right now? Can I simply admit what is appearing in my present experience? Can I begin to admit these thoughts, these sensations, these feelings, however much I don't want to admit them, however much they threaten my image of myself? Okay? So I just say that to let you know that I am not coming up with some half-baked cockamamie idea about being open and transparent. Even the Bible says, speak the truth in love. Okay? All right. So um, most of us don't really take that literally when it speaks the truth. Oh, yeah, you should speak the truth about God. Speak the truth about, you know, uh, your, your theology and what you believe about Jesus and the resurrection. No, that's not what it means. That passage is in a section where he's talking to people about how they relate with each other in the church. Like people relationship. Speak the truth. What truth? No, not the truth about God. The truth about you, <laughs> right? Right. So I just wanted you to know that, that there's a conventional approach 
to communication and there's the conscious approach to communication. And we are on the side of the conscious approach. And that is to live out loud. I mean, to make your inner conversation public, to be naked and unashamed of yourself and your feelings and whatever's going on, whatever's true about you, no shame. Hey, this is me. Maybe I want to change some things about myself. Maybe I don't like that I'm lonely and insecure and that I have a jealousy streak in me. Maybe I don't like that I'm a little controlling and I can be a little pessimistic. Okay, maybe I'm going to work on those things, but I'm not going to hide them from you. This is me. Here are the good parts of me. Here's the parts that I'm working on. I mean, I, I want you to know me because I want to be close to you. Okay, but again, it's risky. So the third reason or third thing to understand about what it costs you to not be that kind of person is that you're guaranteed to have the law of attraction work against you, right? The law of attraction, and you know, I've got a podcast. I I take the law of attraction to the woodshed because it is misused and misunderstood. And it's usually, it's usually nonsense what people teach about it. It's new age mumbo jumbo that you can create your reality by your thoughts and the universe doesn't give a rat's ass about what you think and what you want. It's been going on for 14.6 billion years. And this moment that's right in front of you is because of all the forces that have been involved for 14.6 billion years that have come to what's right here. All the chemistry, the biology, the psychology, the cosmology, you know, the physics, all that stuff has made life to be the way it is right now. And just because you say, I want this and I want that, no, no, I'm sorry. That's just garbage, okay? But the law of attraction does mean like attracts like, right? Like does attract life. And in this context, that means if you're playing games, you'll attract someone who plays games too, right? So for example, if you go to a soccer field with a soccer ball, you will attract people who want to play soccer. You won't attract people who want to play basketball. That's a different game. The same is true in your love life. If your game is revealing, you will attract people who want to reveal. But if your game is concealing, you'll attract people who want to conceal. You will always and only attract people, intimate relationships or otherwise. You will always and only attract people who are committed to playing the same game that you're playing. Now, that's both good and bad news. The bad news is that if you tend to attract people that play games, that means you must be playing games. It can't be otherwise. The law of attraction. But the good news is is that if you want to attract someone who doesn't play games, someone who is committed to candor and authenticity, then all you have to do is live that way yourself. And the law of attraction will work for you instead of against you. Okay? The fourth cost of concealing is you are guaranteed to be lonely. Now, listen to me on this. Loneliness is horrible, right? I mean, it's a horrible feeling. Um, I don't experience that too much anymore um, for a variety of reasons, but I remember um, it's like a demon can overtake you. You get possessed by this dark, heavy feeling, right? So loneliness is horrible. So, and to feel separate and disconnected and alone is, you know, it's terrible. Yet the true cause of loneliness is usually misunderstood. Hear me now. 
it's not the result of being single or not having an active social life. It's got nothing to do with your relationship status or how much of an outgoing socialite you are. Loneliness has got nothing to do with that. If you won't let anyone truly see you, if you're hiding and pretending, you'll always feel lonely, even if you're surrounded by people. It's like nobody really knows me, right? Because you're not letting them know you. So even though you may have many friends, you may be in a relationship and you can still feel lonely because you're not making yourself known. But if you choose to reveal and run around naked, (laughs) trust me, you won't be lonely for long. Okay. The last reason is you are guaranteed to deplete your energy, like your life force, right? Your, your aliveness. I've spoken about this in a, in a podcast already. It's the, it's the joy of being, it's your life force. It's your aliveness. It's your chi, your Shakti, your Christians call it spirit, right? Your, your energy, right? If you conceal, you're guaranteeing to deplete that energy. When we withhold or we hide, we pretend, our life force is weakened. It's, it's like the, that joy of life leaks out of us like a hole in a hose. So in other words, playing games affects the way we feel. Withholding affects our, our, our own aliveness. It's like, oh, I'm keeping a secret from that person. You know, that person doesn't know me. I was working with someone not that long ago and they have some secrets from a person that they're relating with. And I, 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 I said, and I kind of felt in my own body, that's got to be hard to, to be keeping that secret, right? It, it, it's got to drain you of your life force and your joy. Some of us don't, we don't, we don't know this experientially, Because we have been concealing for so long, we don't know what it's like to really confess. You remember, even again, even in the Bible, it says, if you confess your sins, you'll be healed. It's like confession, opening up, just saying, this is true of me. It's not about your sins. Eh, Forget all that garbage, right? It's just, it's just about revealing yourself. It's like confession, like I want you to know me. I want to know you. I want you to know what I do and what I think and what I've done and what I want and what I worry about. The more you make yourself known, the more you're going to feel alive. You're going to you're going to feel happier. It's like, like people know me. The person I'm dating, you know, I didn't play games with them. I I took a risk and I was just being myself. I I was just revealing myself to them. Right? But you don't get a chance to experience any of that. If you're playing the redacted person version of yourself and you're trying to control the outcomes and so forth, right? So that's the end of part one here, okay? So um, I just wanted to spend some time helping you know what real intimacy is, what makes for a real healthy connection, what real authenticity is. And I wanted you to know some of the things some of the ways it's costing you if you don't want to take the risk to move in the direction of being a revealer, to being naked in the world and especially around people that you want to be close to. Okay, 
That was the goal of this one. Now when next week, you know, if life allows me to still be here, there's no guarantees of that. But next week, I'm going to talk about the real motivations that govern our revealing or concealing. Like there's a, there's deep down underlying motivations that make us conceal or make us reveal. And once you start to see that, you won't have to try to conceal or you won't have to try to reveal. It will, it'd be like, you'll become a revealer without effort. Once you understand the real motivations behind revealing and concealing. Okay. So that's what we're going to do next time that we're together. Um, and between now and then, I would love to hear your feedback on this. If it, if you haven't wanted to smack me, then I haven't made it clear because what I'm describing, I, I recognize the enormity of what I'm saying. I recognize what I'm inviting you to do in front of another person you have maybe just met on a date. I, I recognize the mind-blowing perspective I'm sharing here. So I would like to hear what you think about that. And I can handle it. You can be honest with me. Roy, you're full of shit. Roy, what about this? Roy, I think you're nuts. Roy, I think it's fantastic. I love it. What about this? I have a question, right? So even though I'm kind of doing a solo podcast here, I don't want this to be a one-way conversation. I never want our interactions on this podcast to be one-night stands. (laughs) I want to develop a relationship with you. So reach out to me. Uh, Give me feedback. Let's have conversations about about these things. And until then, um, take care. Tell the real truth of who you are. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.